Melissa asks, is it best to turn up live in your group daily? Melissa, I don't want you going live in your group every day. In fact, I don't want you going live in your group every week. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Engage Groups podcast. We have been podcasting for six months now, and that may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's a huge deal to me because for three plus years, I've been talking about getting a podcast and doing a podcast, and now I blink and we're six months into the podcast. So if you can come and join our free group and wish us a happy six month anniversary, is that something that people do for podcasts? I don't know. Why don't we do it? So you can go to our group, Groups for Entrepreneurs with Sandra DeFreitas. So this month, kind of to celebrate, I just thought it was really appropriate that we would do this for the six month, is I am gathering questions. So if you're listening, you want to ask a question for the podcast, you can go to our, our group, Groups for Entrepreneurs with Sandra DeFreitas, and ask your question in there. And I have put in a special post just for questions for this month. So we're going to be doing one, maybe two for groups, one for challenges, one for membership sites, and one for launches. All the things that I am known for and all those kind of things kind of married together. So we're going to be doing that. All right. So today's is going to be all about groups. And so I have a list of questions I'm going to be going through. So first we have Melissa. Melissa asks, is it best to turn up live in your group daily or can you mix it up with posts, memes, quotes, and pre-recorded video? Also, can you schedule to post in a group? Melissa, absolutely. I don't want you going live in your group every day. In fact, I don't want you going live in your group every week. It is really tempting to go live in your group when you first create it because you're building an audience and it's exciting and you've got action and momentum happening or hopefully, right? And, but the problem is, is that once you make your first offer in the group and you switch a little bit from growing and, and nurturing that group to now you've got two things, you've got your free group and you've got this paid offer that you put out too. So what happens is people in your group kind of expect you to be in the group that often. And that's not always sustainable. It's not always wise to do that. So, so what I like to do and what I like to say is to tell your group that you'll be going live this week. And then next week, if you're going to be going live, tell them you'll be going live that day. Or maybe you've got two or three of, uh, throughout the month that, times that you're going to go live and create an event for you going live those two or three times. But if you say every Friday, I'm live in the group at 4 p.m., Everyone's going to expect it all the time, which is great because it, you know, keeps you consistent of creating content where it's not so great is that eventually you're going to want to take vacation time. Eventually you're going to want to do other things and you're going to have other deadlines with any paid offers that you do make. Plus you'll have the people in your paid offer. Maybe you have a group for that paid offer and it's just going to take up more of your time. So realistically, I wouldn't go live every day or every week in your group. You could definitely do two or three times a month with different content. But here's the other tricky thing, Melissa, is that when we go live in our groups and we do like Q and A's or trainings is that people expect it all the time. And so sometimes it stops people from buying your thing, whatever you're offering, because they know that they can come into the group and get their questions answered or get more training from you for free. And it's a little rough, but it's true. So back um, a while back, I had 
someone tell me the story about how they would, they were a coach and the coaching industry in the beginning, I don't know how it is right now, but what they said was, if you wanted to build your coaching business, you were to offer a pre-coaching session on your site. And then at the end of the coaching session, say, how was that for you? Do you want to continue working together? Okay. So the unfortunate thing is when I started, when I started coaching in 2004, that was what they were teaching. And it went on for quite some time. So you can imagine in 2004, there was graduates from coaching schools. And then there was 2005, more graduates. And then 2006, more. By 2010, there was way more coaching schools than ever before and way more people knowing about coaching and way more people actually buying coaching or looking for it. So the story that someone told me was that they had offered this free coaching session and they said at the end of the coaching call, do you want to work with me? And they said, well, no, I don't know why anyone ever hires a coach because whenever I need a coaching session, I just find a new coach and sign up for their free session all the time. Ouch, right? A little gut punch to the stomach there. But so ways to avoid this in our world, in code, in your group coaching, sorry, your group is to not be that available all the time or be unpredictable about when you're going to go live. And what I mean by be unpredictable is don't say every Friday at 4 p.m. you're going to go live and answer all, any and all of their questions. Okay, so back to your question. Is it best to turn up live in your group daily or can you mix it up? Absolutely mix it up. Add posts, memes, funny things, games, pre-recorded video, podcast episodes you've been on, etc. You can definitely mix it up. And you can also schedule all these things in your group. When you go to create a post in your group, you can actually hit, it looks like a little calendar button on the bottom right-hand side. You can click on that, pick your date and time, and it'll allow you to schedule two months in advance. I think it's actually eight weeks in advance, so you can definitely do that. Okay, next question is from Lorna. Lorna asks, can I post upcoming classes in my paid group? Absolutely, you can. In your paid group, if they've got, if the classes are for your paid group, absolutely go ahead and post them because they're going to want to know. If there are other classes outside your group, you could. I would just check the vibe, right? So if you start promoting, I mean, I definitely create, you know, promote in there that you've got other things available. That's not a problem. I may not create an event every time I had a new, I had a class coming up just because an event, and I know you didn't say this, but this is how I was thinking about it. When someone creates an event in a group, typically they expect that the, the event is going to be in the group. It's not always, right? I do like having an event in the group and using the event feature. I also like using the event feature to promote something else that's happening too. So that is, that is something that you could do for sure. In a paid group though, I would just check the vibe. Once you do it a couple of times, see how everyone kind of reacts or doesn't react to it. Okay. If there's no likes or hearts or excitement around it, it's possibility that they're not, that they're not thrilled that it was posted in there. Does that make sense? Daniela asks, how would you repurpose a group? I created a group about four years ago for a contest where in order to vote, people had to join the group. The group is somewhat dormant and I'm not sure what to do with it now. Okay. So this happens a lot. In fact, my friend Susie Daphnis had created a group for a summit. I believe she had something like 1,800 or 2,400 people in the group from the summit. And she said, like, what do I do with it now? 
I said, it is time for you to turn that around into your free group. So you could definitely do that. So take that group, you can go in there and say, hey, I know this group was used to promote a contest. We I'm going to be using this group for this now. So come Friday, we're going to rename the group. We're going to put it in a new cover image and we'll change the description of the group. If you don't want to be in the group, here's how you can leave or you can excuse yourself from the group and that's it. If that doesn't seem right for this community, another thing that you can do is tell them that you're creating a brand new group for this brand new purpose. And there's something in the settings called member pre-approval. And you could say anyone in the first groups or anyone in the contest group that asks to join this new group, they don't have to answer any questions. So you would go into the new group, set it up, member pre-approval, go to groups, say anyone in the contest group, is automatically approved. Like they've gone through the, the, the guest list, they're on the guest list and they can just go right through to the new group. And that might be another thing too. If the content or the purpose of both groups are very vastly different, that's how I would do it. I would create a new group and invite them to it. If it's very similar, then I would do the first thing that I mentioned, which was to let them know that come X date, like give them a couple of days notice, we're gonna be changing the name of the group we're going to be changing the cover image and this is the topics we're going to be covering. Okay. That gives them kind of a heads up, gives them notification time to see that in your group and um, then decide if they're going to stay. All right. Next we have Anna Maria. Anna Maria says, how do I make my group more visible in Facebook research? How? Okay. So there's a couple questions in here. So how do I make my group more visible in Facebook research? A number of things. It's the name of your group and it's the first two words in your group that are very important for when someone searches on Facebook. So that's one thing that you'd want to do. So it's the name of your group. You want to make sure that you're in a number of groups because the more groups that you're in, the more that those people in those groups are going to be suggested to be in your group. So Facebook will look at where your, what groups your friends are in because they figure if your friends are in them, there's a good chance that you're going to be interested in them as well. How uh, is it possible to make publicly my group? Yeah. Is it possible to make my group on Facebook public? You can. And I found with the last challenge that I did that a lot of people were, were had public groups. My only thing about that is that when the group is public, anyone can read it. Anyone can read anything going on in that group. And I personally don't like that. Like if I'm going into a group, I want to talk about that topic specifically with those people. I don't want like Aunt Martha to see it or someone else, right? Like I want that to be off limits, right? Like I don't know where people are going to be taking screenshots and doing things, right? Like I want what happens in the group stays in the group. <laughs> and so I want that information to be very, very private, right? Like that. The Facebook group, your Facebook group is like a dinner party and you want to have it, the people in your party protected. Now, if you don't know who's in your group or who's lurking, right? In a public group, they'll be lurking. Then you, there's a less chance that you're able to protect them. So I don't make your Facebook group public. There's also no incentive to join a public group. There are reasons to join, to create a public group, you know, like a lost pets group or anything like that, right? Where you, you need to save time and things are of time is of the essence, but in a group about pretty much anything else, I wouldn't want, I would want to keep 
it's private. And then what I'd also want is that it's an incentive for people to join the group to see what's happening going on in the group. Okay, where can I find a calendar for scheduled posts of my group? You can go on the side of your group. You will see a, on the left-hand side, it'll say scheduled posts. Okay, so go to the side of your group, you'll see scheduled posts. It won't be a calendar, but it will be a listing of all your scheduled posts. Okay, next we have Tammy. Tammy says, how do I get more engagement in my current group? Okay, so um, asking questions, having fun in your group, asking questions that are easy for people to answer, like how is it for me to answer what my favorite color is? I'm not saying you do this one versus a more complex answer. Like, I don't know. I saw one that was really complex the other day and it was like, I wasn't even, I couldn't even answered it if I wanted to, because I wasn't sure what the question was. And then on top of that, I didn't know what the question was. And I didn't know if I'd be getting it wrong. Now that's what I want you to bring back to your community, right? Give them answers that are, or questions that are so easy for them to answer where they won't feel judged and they won't feel like they can get it wrong. So if you ask me what my favorite stationary tool is, I can't get that wrong. My favorite is my favorite. Your favorite could be your favorite, right? And so that's what you want to put out there for people is something that's really easy for them to answer and something fun. And it doesn't have to be related to the topic of your group whatsoever. It could be something very different. One of the most engaging posts that I have seen, which was in a group that I was running, it was a paid program. And the post was show us your furry family member. And that post went crazy for about two weeks. Engagement for two weeks. Unheard of. But because everyone wants to post pictures of their furry family members or discuss furry family members, even though the group had nothing to do with furry family members, it did really, really well. So you want to use engagement posts. If you're having troubles figuring out what engagement posts to put in your group, our membership actually provides posts for you to put in your group, plus the captions and the images. So if you go to engagegroups.com slash membership, you'll be able to see it there. And we provide a fresh new batch every single month. All right. So how do you organize things in the groups? Do you use guides? Files? Yes, I do. So files have changed in that you used to be able to create something that looked like a Word doc and you can't anymore. You can only upload a file. And when you upload a file, you can't delete it and you can't edit it. So you would just be creating new files and uploading them all the time. I'm really sad about this because I used to use files all the time to update and change things out in my group. I can't do it anymore. So what I do is I use units and I use the featured sent session section in the group as well. The next part of the question is, can you move things around in your group? For example, if I share something from my business page, it goes in discussion. Can I move it to a folder or a unit? So you can't, there's no folders, but yes, you can move it to a guide. Absolutely. And you're not actually moving it. You're just like adding it to the guide, which means it will still be in the discussion area, but it will also be in the unit. And in the units, you can rearrange the order as well. And you can rearrange the order of the guides. Elizabeth says, how do you change the name of your group or create a new group? Okay, so how do you change the name of your group or create a new group? So how do you change the name of your group? You go into settings and the very first thing at the top 
is name and description or a name and about. I don't know. The about and the description are used interchangeably. So in the name, you would just go ahead and change your name. But what I would do before that is I would give your members a, a little uh, heads up that you will be changing the name of your group. And I like to do that by saying, hey, as of Friday at 12 o'clock, we're going to be changing the name of the group from this to this. What that means for the group or how that changes things for the group is, you know, our topics are going to be different or Q&As are going to be whatever it is that's going to be different let them know so that they they understand what's going to be different why that's also important is i've been in groups where people just change the name and in the notification you can't even see what the name is or what the name was so if i forgot what group it was or forgot the name of the group which i'm not expecting anyone to memorize group names i can't see it in the notification it like completely cuts off so i would tell them in a post, maybe even a Facebook live, maybe even a cover image change, we're changing the name of the group from this to this. If it's going to be something a little bit more dramatic, if you're changing the name of the group to add the word the, you don't need to. But when you do change the name of your group, Facebook is going to notify everyone in your group. Why? Because if you were to change your name from like fashion in the city to, I don't know, Bitcoin and something, something. They're very different and people want to know what they're in. They want to know what they are, what groups they're going to be in. And Facebook wants them to be happy, right? If their users aren't happy, no one's going to be using Facebook. So they want their users to be happy and well-informed. So part of that is they tell them what the name, the, when the group names change. Next, Anya says, what is the best way to grow the group and get more members? Honestly, challenges. Challenges are a fantastic way to get new members, to grow the group, engage the group, and monetize the group. It is fantastic. I would highly, highly recommend. Okay. Tazim Jamal. <laughs> Hello. Tazim says, firstly, how did you do this? Pretty cool. Okay. So what Tazim is asking is I created a page on my site for people to post questions about Facebook groups. I actually don't have the link available, but if you go into the group, into my group, Groups for Entrepreneurs uh, with Sandra DeFreitas in the guide, the Start Here guide, it's actually one of the options in the Start Here guide. So all it was was a page on my site with a plugin called Gravity Forms. And I just asked a simple question, name, what is your question? Let me get that. Uh, what questions do you have about Facebook groups? And then it was, would you like me to give a shout out when I read your question? So that's all it was. Okay, so Tazim says, my question is, how and what am I not doing to get better engagement in my group? It's currently almost 1,700. I get new people joining regularly and create a welcome post and invite them to share more questions. Uh, uh, share more questions vary. I do lives weekly. I do weekly lives. Okay. Tazim, I talked about this a little earlier in, in this call. So if you, if you fast forwarded, go back and create a post about them in advance. And then I share randomly a few other things, a few other times a week, like an engaging question, a poll, a meme, an interesting article, or even a free challenges or Zoom training seasonally to support and have them build KLT. Any suggestions? Long-winded, I know, but thank you. Okay, so... I would ask them questions about themselves. 
People love to talk about themselves. People love to answer questions about themselves, why they can't get it wrong. And sometimes they're in a position either at home or at work where they can't talk about themselves. And sometimes it's a little freeing to be able to do that. So ask some questions about themselves. How did you get into, I know you work with women in the beauty industry. How did you get into the beauty industry? Who was, who inspired you to get into the beauty industry? Or is it massage? Tazim, I'm sorry. My brain is not figuring this one out. But that's what I, I would look at, like, what are the questions so they can tell their story and they can connect with that story too. There's a podcast I listen to, actually, they're from your side of Canada. They're called the Love to Sew podcast. And there's two women that run it. And every guest that they have on, they ask, like, what was your sewing journey? Who inspired you to start sewing? And so just those questions alone are very interesting to see how people have come from you know, not sewing at all to now actually building businesses in sewing, which was really interesting. So get them to talk about themselves to Zim. That's what I would do. Also play a few games in there. If you need some game ideas in my membership, engagegroups.com slash membership, we have a couple of gamification lessons in there as well. Okay, Jackie Bledsoe says, do you, or asks, do you have a daily content posting schedule for your groups? I do not have a daily one. In fact, I don't expect people to post twice uh, daily in their group. You know, when you post so much in your group, what will happen is those that are in your group see Jackie posted, Jackie posted, Jackie posted in this group, Jackie. Posted. So they might go in the first few times and then they start to get a little immune by it. Like they may not go to it. Okay. So does that make sense? And when you post too often, people may not come back too often. So I like, I'll post a couple times a week. And what I say for the people in my membership is I get them to post an engaging post three times a week. And then we do other things like we have strategies in our membership, like the poll and live, we do games, we do workshops, things like that. So that's kind of what I would look at Jackie to do. I wouldn't do daily posting. I hope that's a relief <laughs> for you. Okay. So Tanil asks, or Tanel asks, not Tanil. I'm sorry. What are some creative ways to target my Facebook group members with ads or create a custom audience from the members? Yeah. So if you had an email list of your group, then take that list and you can create a lookalike audience from that list. So what that means is Facebook will, you have this list of emails, right? Of people who are in your group, or maybe you even take a list of your buyers, and you get the list of emails and then put them into Facebook to create an audience. And then you ask Facebook to create a look alike audience. So Facebook will then go and look at different, uh, different people that have similar, that look, that appear to be similar in interests and likes and groups that they're in based on their profiles. And they take those people and they create a new audience for you. And typically it is like, 10 to hundred times the size of the original audience you asked for. And in fact, you can tell them how big you want that audience to be. And then I would target using that audience. Okay. We have a lot more questions. Maybe what I'll do is I'll create a part two to this. So we'll create a part two to the Q and A's for the group. So listen to that for next week. Thank you so much, everyone for listening in. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.